Bertram Shaw's life was torn apart when he opened the door to his bedroom and found the love of his life, Emily Demick, pale and ashen on their shared bed with her throat slit. Somewhere in his heart, Bertram knew this girl was trouble, and even then, he couldn't quite grasp just how dark and twisted Emily's past had been. At the age of 22, Emily Demick was leading a double life. By day, she was Miss Shaw, the dutiful young housewife. And by night, she was Phyllis, London's most sought-after escort. The rising sun and eagle became her haunt. She'd meet men, some new and some regulars, and bring them back to her apartment in Camden once her landlords were asleep. Among the regulars was Robert William Thomas Cavers Wood. Robert Wood was an artist who designed patterns for glassware, a fine enough employment for a 30-something-year-old man with great family wealth. Due to his status, he preferred to keep his meetings with escorts a secret. Phyllis was his favorite, but he wasn't necessarily her favorite. He was younger and more handsome than the rest of her clientele, and he paid better than them too. It had been a long relationship, and unlike her more transactional ones with the other clients, this one demanded a little more. Wood, to say the least, was a jealous and territorial client from the beginning of their relationship in 1905. In 1907, though, that behavior seemed to escalate. Wood seemed to want to spend every minute possible in Emily's bed. Some nights, he would pay for sex, but most nights, he'd just want to be in her general presence, drawing and sketching while she flipped through her postcard collection or read a book. It would be a regular night for an old married couple deeply in love, but this was no regular night, and they were not an old married couple deeply in love. The scene, though charming, quiet, and peaceful, radiated a sense of danger and uneasiness. Of course, Wood knew he wasn't the only client. He knew there were many others, and he wasn't one for sharing. One night, on September 9th, while drinking and flirting her way through the Eagle, Robert Wood slipped her a postcard. It was his own artwork, a rising sun with rays across the page. It read, Phyllis Starling, if it pleases you to meet me at 8.15 at the rising sun, yours to a sender. Emily, however, was meeting with another client the next day. On September 10th, she was at the rising sun to meet with Robert Percival Roberts, a ship's cook who had just received his pay and was out to celebrate in the smoky lounge. Wood spotted Emily flirting with another man, and a burning rage took over. As Emily drank and laughed with the new client, Wood sent the bartender at the lounge to call Emily away. Now frustrated with Wood's antics getting in the way of her job, she left Robert Percival Roberts for a few minutes to meet with Wood. A screaming match ensued, after which she promptly returned to drinking with Roberts. That night, 
she brought the ship cook back home with her. After a long and passionate night, Roberts fell sound asleep until early the next morning, September 11th. When he woke up, he saw Emily rifling through her postcard collection. She had a paper in her hand, a letter that seemed to stun her completely. It was an invitation to the Eagle, but it was signed by Bert, as in Bertram Shaw, her husband, who knew her to have left this life behind her. Not wanting to think too much over it, Emily tossed this letter into the fire and snuck Roberts out before the landlords woke up. It wouldn't be long before Bertram would return from work soon, so she had to clean up the place and make it homely again. As we deep dive into these chilling tales, we all need a moment of escape, a way to unwind without the shadow of the night creeping in. Here's where recess mood comes in. Crafted with real fruit and infused with mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing aptogens, recess mood is your guilt-free retreat. With just 20 calories, no added sugar, it's not just a sparkling water. It's a sanctuary and a can. Imagine unwinding during a gripping episode of Foul Play with a can of strawberry rose, or my favorite, raspberry lemon, letting the stress melt away without the aftermath of alcohol. It's my little secret to staying balanced in the chaos of a busy life. You deserve a healthier way to unwind, to recharge, and to prepare for the next journey into the unknown with foul play. And for the devoted foul play listeners, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash Shane to get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. The image of the perfect couple was vital to keep up, not just for Bert, but for the sake of her having a roof over her head. Plus, Bert's mother was coming to visit the next day. Adding another character to the story would only complicate things. Not that this life and its complications didn't thrill her endlessly. But a slight sense of dread came over her as she cleaned the apartment. That letter, seemingly signed by Bert, it had to have been from Robert Wood. She had compared the writing to the message in the postcard before tossing it in the fire, and it was a close enough match to make her worry. Wood was getting out of hand of late, interrupting her time with a client, lounging about in her home, and now sending invites under the name of her husband. It was all too much. Still, she wanted to go. Wood always paid well, almost double what anyone else paid. If Bert's mother decided to stay with them for a while, it would be some time before Emily would get to go out again. Bert returned that morning, 11 a.m. on the dot, to a spotless apartment. As he unwound in the living area after a long night at work, he noticed his beloved act a little off, disturbed perhaps. As per usual, Bert dozed off for a few hours before heading back to the railway for his night shift. Emily left the apartment in her preoccupied state, curling pins still in her hair. She met Robert Wood at the Eagle at around 7 p.m. 
and after a few drinks, they left the bar at 9.30. This was the last time anyone saw her alive. September 12, 1907. Bertram's mother, Miss Shaw, knocked on the Camden House front door before giving up and sitting on the steps. She was supposed to have been picked up and brought home by Emily, but she never showed up, and she wasn't even answering the door. As far as first impressions go, Emily wasn't making a very good one with her husband's mother. Still, it was odd. The landlady, Miss Stocks, didn't seem to have a clue either. Sure, Emily liked to go for a drink or two with her friends, but she was always home in the morning, cooking and cleaning, so Burr always had a clean home and hot food to come back to. Burr arrived at 11 a.m. as usual and was greeted by his mother, waiting outside with her bags wrapped up in her coat. He tried the door, which was usually kept unlocked for him, but it wouldn't budge. It had been locked from the inside. After fetching an extra set of keys from Miss Stocks, he opened the door to find the apartment in a terrible state. Now seriously alarmed, Bert banged on the bedroom door, which had also been locked from the inside. He eventually forced it open, only to find Emily, her head nearly rolling off her neck, and the room a complete mess. Her postcard album, which was always treasured, was tattered and left on display on the dresser. Someone had tried to wash their hands of the blood in the bathroom sink, as evidenced by the pink water that still hadn't completely drained. Some obvious things had gone missing too. Her purse and jewelry, which made it seem like a standard, if horrifying, burglary. The investigation that followed forced some uncomfortable things into light about Bert's love life, Emily's past, and their relationship. We will explore the investigation in depth in Episode 3. Until then, thanks again for listening.